And welcome to another episode of Dio Talk. I'm Dio. Let's talk. My guest of the evening is a heart and kidney transplant survivor. Uh, she's also a marketing executive. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shana Pereira. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you, Dio. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining me all the way from Australia. Are you in Australia right now? So I'm in San Diego, but I am Australian. Oh, nice. Well, either way, uh, thank you for joining me. Um, I've been going through your, your website and, and reading your story. You have such an inspiring story. Thank you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor to you because it's just like I don't know where to begin because it's so much compacted, so much uh scenarios, some so so much things you had to overcome. So I I'll let you start and I, I'm I'm just excited to hear it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, as you said, I, I am Australian and I moved to the US in 2003. Uh, and I moved over because I wanted an adventure. I wanted to, you know, do something new and different and kind of get out of my hometown and yes. go adventuring, right? Um, and after being here for a few years, uh, at this point, it would have been 2015. So after being here for 12 years, I had flourished in my career in marketing and advertising. I've worked on some amazing accounts like Call of Duty and nice. Wells Fargo and nice. Warner Brothers and, you know, those big names. I'd won a bunch of awards. Wow. Um, and my work had been um, very much uh, respected, well-respected in the industry. And I thought that was the pinnacle of success, right? I made mm -hmm. it. Um, and so in 2015, I was feeling really, really tired and just burnt out. And I thought, you know, I've just been working too much. Yeah. I just want to go home to be with my family, celebrate Christmas, and then I'll come back refreshed. So I Which go is a great idea. Right on the yeah. surface, we think, yeah. of course, that makes sense. So I uh, went home for Christmas 2015. And on Christmas Eve, I found out my kidneys were failing. Wow. And I thought, oh, my God, like what happened? And the doctor, I remember the doctor coming in uh, that night and saying to me, um, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm in advertising and marketing. And he said, so uh, has your back been sore? And I was like, yeah, I'm in advertising. Like I told you, of course my back is sore. <laughs> and then he was like, um, well, what about tired? Have you been tired? And I was like, dude, I'm in advertising. Like, of course I'm tired. <laughs> uh, you know? It'd I was be a like, better question. Yeah. yeah. Um, and turns out it wasn't normal. Mm. And that was the night that I found out my kidneys were failing. Wow. And I remember sitting there and just being like, what happened? Like, I was tired, but that was Poor it. Work. That yeah. was fine. So um, I came back to the States. I um, immediately obviously began looking for doctors. I hadn't been to a doctor in years um, because I didn't. There was nothing wrong. Look, I didn't feel yeah, yeah. right. And so that began my journey of figuring out the medical system. 
And I thought, I'm pretty good at this. I speak some version of English, right? Yes, yes. I would think I'm pretty good at this. Uh, But even then, it was extremely difficult to figure out what do I do? Where? Who do I go to? Where to start? Like, what do I? Yeah. And then my whole life had blown up. So I was like, so I, I came back and I went back to work. Um, and had to start from scratch, like finding a primary care and finding a doctor. Thankfully, two years before that, I had taught a college class. Mm. Um, and in that class, the, the, the curriculum that I created included six nonprofits as clients for the students. Wow. Lo and behold, one of the nonprofits was the National Kidney Foundation. So I was very lucky in being able to call the head of the National Kidney Foundation, who I'd met for other reasons, for work reasons, to say, now my kidneys have failed. Can you help me? And she kind of got me started on where to start with doctors. But even then, it was a complete process. No, I can't. I, I can't imagine it's it's and you're and you're doing this all alone, no support. Yeah, because I had immigrated to the U.S., my family is all in Australia. And so I had a few friends here. But the way that I was built back then, I was very independent. I was very much about, uh, you know, go get it done. Um, My nickname was Olivia Pope, uh, you know, from the scandal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where everything was handled, you know. So Mm -hmm. that was my nickname. Um, I was really good when a client was upset or, you know, when we had some some big um, issue that needed to be taken care of, that's where I would step in and exude my leadership and I was known for that. So I applied the same things that I'd learned at work, the same executive training that I had to really build a team of specialists around me. Not that special, not just specialists that, um, knew what they were talking about as a doctor, right? In the medical industry, of course, you need that. But also doctors that were just great people, very humble, very value system, very related to people, very much, you know, became doctors because they had a calling Mm -hmm. for it. So we were aligned in our value system. And that's where I began to be able to start to unpack what I had to do because I had to go on dialysis. Mm. Um, and that's, and, and that's brutal in itself. Yeah. I didn't even know, like, can I still got to work? I have to work. I'm here by myself. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do as an immigrant to the country? I was like, I've got to, you know, I have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, they, we figured out the best way to integrate dialysis with my job uh, at the time, I was running a team that had around 150 to 200 people on nice. any given day. So I had to really, like, you know, learn some new things in the middle of a crisis while maintaining as much sort of normalcy and foundation as possible. But thankfully, I'm surrounded by really amazing people that were willing to help. Um, in 2018, we found a donor. 
So it was like a light at the end of the tunnel was starting to like move towards like progress. Um, She's amazing. She's a great individual. She is a public school teacher in Virginia at the time, but now she's on the East Coast. She's just a wonderful lady. And uh, we began the journey together of getting her cleared and me cleared for a kidney transplant. Uh, Fast forward to 2020, she was almost cleared and then COVID hit. So then everything was delayed again. Um, And then she finally got approved, which was like August 2020. Wow. Yeah. Um, So we were super excited. We were celebrating. Um, All I needed to do was a CT scan and a stress test to make sure that my heart was good for us to do the surgery. Both of those are normal, like standard procedure. Um, And the CT scan came back with one of my kidneys had a cyst that there was 70% chance that it was cancerous. Wow. And I thought the same kidney you've been looking at for five years, uh, now it's got cancer? Like, what are you talking about? Um, And then two days later, the doctor called and said, your heart is failing. And I thought, Dio, for sure I'm dead. Like, it's over. Hey. (laughs) Hey, hey. Damn. I was like, it's done. Like, God, the universe, the higher power, whatever you want to call it, is letting me know that if you thought you had a chance, I'm trying to make sure to double confirm that you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yes. So this was Labor Day weekend 2020. And I was like, I'm dead. Like, uh, you know, wh- what do you do? Yeah, but God is good. God is good. God is good and well, always when you least expect it. Right? So what I did was I called my best friend, and she was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. She was like, your kidney's going to come out at Thanksgiving, and they're going to realize <laughs> it's not cancerous, and we're going to give thanks to the universe. And then you're going to get your heart and kidney at Christmas as God's way of giving your gift and it's going to be a Christmas miracle. And we're going to make a Hallmark movie and it's going to be amazing. Right? Yeah. You need one of those friends. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, all the time yeah. you need someone who can, who's just got a handle on it. Um, And at the time, I was in the movie Final Destination. Really? Yeah. You know wow. when, like, a car accident doesn't kill yeah, you, the yeah. brain blows up, right? Like, I was in that movie. And so I thought... Her movie sounds way better. So I'm going to go in her movie. Definitely, yeah. So, them, so uh, turns out the doctor scheduled my uh, kidney to come out on Thanksgiving. And lo and behold, it wasn't cancerous. Okay. And so I That's thought, okay, okay, like maybe what she said is coming true. So I called them and I said, listen. We're making a Christmas movie, so we need a Christmas miracle. And uh, we have to, we've got to figure this out. Yeah. They were like, look, it's totally on you. You have a list of clearances. You know, it doesn't work like that. Like, we can't figure anything out. You've just got to get cleared as fast as you can get cleared. Yeah. And we'll put you back on the list. And, you know, we pray for it. We'll we'll pray for a Christmas miracle. Um, 
so that's what happened. I got, I cleared, I got probably 25 appointments done by the grace of God. I don't know how, I don't know how, but I got back on the list on Christmas Eve and we did everything that we knew to do. And at that point, the cardiologist said, we've done everything humanly possible. And he's such a great man. He said, now we pray. And there was about 3,000 people praying for me online because uh, this was in the middle of COVID. So I was in hospital by myself. Yeah, Couldn't yeah. Everything was separated. Every, yeah. Exactly. Even the doctors and nurses themselves had limited touch of like they couldn't come near me um, because at this point my heart was at 12%. You were fragile. You were fragile. Yeah. And a fragile um, time as well. Exactly. And at that point, 2020, especially in this was in Los Angeles, one in three people had COVID during that time period. Yeah. So we were really, we were really like double lockdown here. Um, They put me on the list on Christmas Eve. And all of these people were just amazing, all different religions, all different just beliefs. It didn't matter at that point. You. Everybody was praying. And Christmas on Christmas Day at 10 p.m., the phone rang and they said, we have a heart and a kidney for you. And uh, it was a Christmas miracle because it wasn't set to come for six to eight weeks. And so it was two months early. And uh, the next day, while we were all celebrating, the doctors came in three hours before surgery. They were nice. like, oh, it's a Christmas miracle. It's exciting. And as they did that, I flatlined oh, and no. that became a, a real miracle Wow! Um, that I wasn't going to live past December 26th. So if it, it was like my life flashed back in reverse of like, if we hadn't have done all the things we did up until that point, even if like one clearance was going to take a couple of days longer or something like that. Correct. Yeah. I wouldn't have survived. Um, so you you went from kidney to heart to COVID to flatlining. Oh yes. man, you, you're so courageous. You you have so much fight in you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I think in those moments we don't have a choice. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. You're either gonna die that day, or you're gonna take the next step the next day. Like, that's the only way that I, I had it. I had it like, while I'm still breathing, there's something to do about my circumstances. And I just kept thinking about, I kept thinking about, there has to be a reason this is all happening. And I don't need to understand it right now. I don't need to understand it in the moment. I'll figure it out later. But while I'm still breathing... There's still something in my control. There's something that I can take ownership for and leadership of and continue to move through it with some sense of power, right? Like not control everything, but some sense of power that had me still feel like if I'm still breathing, there's still a chance that I'm meant to be here. And so that's, and I I, I really, I also think that like death doesn't need any help from us. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you're gonna yeah, die yeah. in those circumstances, yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. happen. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. You don't, you don't need to like put attention on it, or you don't have to think about it because it's gonna happen. Yeah, if that's what's meant to happen, it's gonna happen. 
So to put my attention somewhere where I felt like it didn't need my help, I was like, death doesn't need any help from me. Yeah. I'm going to focus on life. And then if the outcome means that I'm not meant to be here at this particular point in time, then that's what will happen anyway. Wow. That's uh that's uh that's a lot of curves and turns and and ups and downs and it just happened like in the instant. In the instant, but you you got through that. You got through that. You 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 stood your ground, you you stood strong, courageous, yeah. much respect, much respect because if it was somebody else, you know, they'll they'll break. It's so much. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And um it's the reason why I do what I do now, but it's, you're right in the sense that I, you know, I had executive training. Yeah. Right. So I didn't have white coat syndrome when I met a doctor. I didn't have any problem saying to a doctor, what keeps you up at night? Why are you in this industry? What are yeah. your motives? Like, yeah. wait, you know, like to just get down to like, is this the right person to work with me in partnership on this issue that we're facing right now. I mean, I you you had to, you have to, you had to, you you had to because it's between life or death. Yeah, you, exactly. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to associate wouldn't want to associate yourself with somebody that is not willing or committed, right? Because the word here is commitment to do whatever it takes to help you see you way out of that that, that situation you're in. Yeah. You know, so and, and that commitment, there's conviction. And you're not in it to win it while you're in it. You know, so I, I get you. You you did you did the right thing. You did what you had to do. Yeah. And and uh, it's um unfortunately, so surreal. surreal. It's super surreal. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that don't realize that they have control of a lot more in those circumstances than they think they do. Yeah. And then when you pair that up with fight or flight in your body, mm. right? Your body is just found out that you're going through something life-threatening. Your entire system is in fight or flight. And then on top of that, you're asked, you have to advocate for yourself. So you're asked to lead your own journey. And then on top of that, you're asked to make life or death um, decisions for your own life in 20 minute increments called the doctor's appointment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're hoping that the doctor's not having a bad day that day. You know, there's a lot. Yeah, there's that he's so not pushing much. people out or saying anything what they want to hear to get it done. So I get it. Yeah, there's so much in that moment. Uh, but I'll tell you, when I flatlined, I remember the three phases of dying. Mm. And first I fell asleep. And then I was in this infinite blackness. It was as if like when you close your eyes, but you're looking like through your eyelids. Yeah, yeah. And it was like infinite blackness. And I was looking around like, where am I? Like, what is happening? And then I realized where I was. And the minute I realized where I was, I was standing where there was a hallway and a light. And there was God and Jesus Jesus in wow. the form of a man, exactly like me and you talking. If we went to the mall right now, Dio, I'd be able to pick out that's Jesus. I could see all his features and everything. And God was like this dark shadow of what looked like an ancient man. I couldn't see any features. It was just like an outline. Yeah. 
And in that moment, I got that God isn't human, that that he was in the form of this figure for my benefit, not because that's how he is. And the light that was behind both of them. And instantaneously, I knew where I was. And all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming sense of compassion that was like, if you took every person in the world and times it by 10,000, this like overwhelming sense of compassion just washed over me. And uh, in that moment, God spoke to me and I said, yes. And then I came back through the three Mm. um, phases. So I went back into the infinite darkness and then all of a sudden I'm asleep and I could feel someone trying to wake me up. And I was like, what do they want? Like, I'm sleeping. Like, what is there? Trying to rest. Leave me alone. Right? Yeah. And it was CPR. It was this notion. And Mm. I woke up to the nurse and I was like, Margaret, relax. And I moved her off me and I sat up. I'm here. I'm here. Right? I sat up and said, guys, relax. I just took a little nap. Where were we? And the doctors were like, what? is happening right now um and it, they you could only see their faces like this because mm-hmm. they were all masked up yeah and uh the surgeon that was standing there said race her to the oh right now and they raced me to the oh they ran up to get my heart it wasn't there yet so um they kept my heart beating manually for three to four hours while my other heart had arrived they ran up to get it from the roof yeah. raced back down, hoped just hail Mary that it was all going to work. Wow. Um, and it did. My kidney came 12 hours later and uh, three days later I was walking. Wow. It was insane. Even me sharing it out loud. I'm like, it's on, un- it's still unbelievable. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, I don't want to say crazy because, you know, miracles do happen, right? Ooh. But it's just, it's wow. You know, like, wow. Like, everything you, you went through and just, wow. You know, I'm, like, I don't have words right now. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. And you were able to hold all that. Come, you know, come back to life. Be a badass. Thank you. You know, brush them off. Hey, hey, I'm all right. Keep it moving. And you're still here. Still here. Um, but, you know, like, it was a miracle, right? Yeah. Yeah. People go through this every single day. This is why I love being on platforms like yours, because people go through this every single day, and I feel like they need to see an example of, like, you got this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't think just because one person said, the average is this or that. No, we don't do averages. You yeah. take in the information that is enough for you to make the next decision for yourself that feels good for you, you know, like, and and hold on to that. Until you're really dead, dead, there's still something there that you can do about your circumstances. It doesn't have to be medical. It could be anything, right? Like, yeah, it could be anything. yeah. Yeah, While yeah, you're right. still breathing, yeah. there's something you can do, you know? And even yeah. when you think you don't have it in you, you do. Where as human beings, we are capable of 
so much more than we think we are. Literally, than we actually think in our head that we're capable of. That moment where you're like, I can't do it, you can't. It just, you know, it, 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 and for me, it happened to be life-saving. But when you think about it, for anybody in any circumstance, it is life-saving because you're living this one life. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what now? Like, how how are you now, health wise? Like, how like after you know surgery, recuperation, getting back to normal? Like, how are you now? So thank you, first off, for the question. Um, so my transplanted kidney had a little bit of damage from the donor. She didn't know she had any damage. It's one of the signs of kidney failure, kidney disease, is that it is a silent killer until your kidneys are like 15% function. You can feel completely normal all the way up until that point. Uh, My heart is doing amazing. So, you know, my heart has been really, really great. It's doing amazing. But my kidney had some damage and we knew that it may have had two to four years of lifespan. So we're going, we've just passed my three-year mark. And so I'm back on the kidney transplant list for another kidney. But this time around, it feels like it'll just be a, a touch-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, this the kidney that I have has definitely been invaluable, obviously life-saving for me up until this point. Uh, but that is true for a lot of people who get the, a kidney transplant mm-hmm. often in their lifetime. They generally need two, uh, sometimes three, but generally need two for them to survive all the way through to, you know, their 70s, 80s, 90s. Well, you know, I, I believe everything will will go back to normal. You will get there. You will get your transplant and, and be stronger than, than ever. Yeah, thank you. I, I agree. Um, I really appreciate that. And in the meantime, uh, what I do now is I support people that go to the doctor, they get life-altering medical news, they come out of the doctor, they're sitting in their car, bawling, thinking, what the heck just happened? I was fine an hour ago. Now I'm expected to go back and just pick up my kids from school or like go, you know, back to work. or Yeah, go about your day like nothing happened. Like nothing happened and my whole life is blown up. And I really help them on choosing a doctor, on setting up their environment, on um, even simple things like sometimes we find it hard to ask for what we need. Whereas deep down, we know what we need, but we just don't know how to put words to articulating it out loud. Yeah. You know, I sit and I, I help people being able to really get down to specifics of like, you know, what kind of communication do you need or how do you like to process information? For me, for example, um, I didn't like to hear averages, statistics. I didn't research anything. I wasn't into any of that. I was more so focused on finding the experts and making sure that I was with the right expert in that Yeah, field. you were focused on, on um, finding a solution, which is more important than hearing statistic and all this 
analysis crap. Like, no, no, no. I want the solution. Give me somebody who knows what they're talking about or what we need to do. Exactly. But I was clear on the outcome, right? The outcome was this needs to happen. Who is the person? I was just having a conversation today, actually, where it's like, you know, we got self-driving cars. We got all this AI. There's going to be one person that knows the answer to whatever you're dealing with. You know what I mean? At least one person. It's a matter of finding them. I agree. I agree. And that's what you did for your, for your, your whole journey, you know, but it's tough. It's tough just receiving life threatening news like that, you know, like, and especially if you don't have the right people around you, you know, you, you know, you can have like some, you know, I know it was my family around me that they'll just sit there and worrying and, and, and making me feel worse. And yes. you know, knowing knowing that they're just trying to help, but they're not helping. They're they're pro- prolonging what what's already been determined in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, and we all have it, right? We've got all the different archetypes in our family. Some right. of them turn to doctors. All of a sudden, some of them are naturopaths. Now they already know like everything natural that they're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to like drink corn husk that's been boiled for three days. You know, what I mean? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should drink this tea. You know, like it's uh, it's it's fun times, but it's like that's not what I do right now. Right, exactly. But sometimes, like you say, like we we um, look. If you're anything like me, right, we like to make sure people feel good around yeah. us. And yes. We get that they love us, right? So we're like, look, I'm I'm trying. But then in that moment, you need all of the energy for you. Like if there was ever a moment that you needed to pull all of your energy into yourself, it's that moment. And a lot of people don't know how to do that because they're givers and they're taking care of others and their parents and their grandparents and they've got kids. And, you know, like they're used to taking care of other people. So it's really difficult in those moments to be able to say something like, I don't need reflection and diagnosis. I need love. Like, I need you to actually express your love for me in this particular way. Mm-hmm. You know, I had like 14 blankets in here because people didn't know what to do. So they would send Jeez. blankets and flowers, right? Jeez, yeah. It was funny. I was... um. It, Weird timing. I happen Damn, to be blankets are gonna say like some food or you're right. <laughs> you know, you're like it's wow. t- it's hot. <laughs> but um, I was refinancing my car at the time, mm-hmm. and um, a couple of days after surgery, uh, Capital One called, right, and they said, "Oh, you you're finishing your refinancing loan." And I thought, "Oh, that's right. I'm I'm gonna do it because again, real life was like right there. Yeah, real life keeps moving no, no matter what." Exactly. Those, those bills get keep piling up. <laughs> it, it's uh it's real. It is. And even they sent me a blanket. When I got home, there was a blanket here from them. Send me, some, so new, send me some new tires or something, you know? Man. But it was like super thoughtful where it was like, you know, like even even the guy at the bank like felt the need to like, you know, yeah. yeah. Which is so great, right? Like everybody wants to help and everybody wants to contribute. Um, but there, it is an art form in uh, 
helping your loved ones in that moment know what to do. Yeah. Like setting them up as well as yourself when going through something like that. And it's, it, it, that's tough because like even through. it's tough because even if you're you're um you're not going through that, they still don't know what to do, you know? So like being in that predicament makes it even, you know, a lot worse, you know? But I don't know. It's uh yeah. Yeah. It's true. So that's what I do now. I I uh I support people. I support people in moving through that because that moment is an equalizer. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in that moment, it didn't matter who you were up until that five minutes before that. Yeah. You could be anybody, you could be anyone. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. What does make a difference though is access to the right doctors. Yeah. That is a game changer. And so that's yeah. what I help people do. I help them connect, you know to the right, to the right doctors. I help them clarify how they, how they, um, what's their own criteria for what is considered the right doctor for themselves. You advocate for them. Yeah. I help them also advocate for themselves. I I do. I, I, me and my wife do the same thing. We advocate for, we have an autistic son and, uh, the, 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 the journey to receive assistance has it's gotten it's so bad that I, I don't talk about it in the podcast no more because every time I express my frustration I get suspended. <laughs> but it, it's that's how bad it is. So I, I I get you know I totally get what you're doing and and I'm happy because we need people like you that that you know sometimes when you when you go through those things you get those being told you're about to die, you go. We, we don't know what to do. We don't know the answers, and we just like ball up into this ball, and and we sit alone among themselves, just a mind racing with so many thoughts, but not saying anything. Yeah. And 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 most often, we need individuals like yourself that come is like, this is what you need. This is where you got to go. This is who you need to talk to. This is how you need to build this. And it's so I, I can't stress it enough. It's so important. What you the what you're doing so thank you thank you i appreciate that i appreciate that and and um yeah i can't imagine your journey you know other than to say that it is an equalizer right like nothing Mm -hmm. else matters yeah everything you've done up until that point is like whatever (laughs) yeah yeah what matters when you're in it um, and you know, my, my mission is that even if I could make it 10% less stressful, just a little bit, take the edge off just a little bit, give a person a little bit of reprieve, a little bit of clarity, even if it's like an hour a day where they feel like, okay, like everything's going to work out. That to me is successful now. And that's yeah. really, it, it is changed for me. My definition of success is uh, completely altered um, because if if I can contribute that to someone else, then whatever I've gone through, it makes it worth it. And you know, having the organs of a of a, a donor, she was twenty nine years old. Wow. Um, it goes to show that being an organ donor saves real lives. Yeah. 
you know, I'm a walking example. If we tick that box at the DMV, sometimes without a second thought, and here I am sitting here. So for me, it makes both of our lives worthy um, because of the fact that we get to help someone else maneuver that a little bit easier, just even a little bit. Yeah. Helps give them a little bit more clarity because it's tough no matter which way you chop it up, no matter who shows up, yeah. it's going to be yeah. hard. But that I get the privilege of being able to help someone else just maneuvering it a little bit easier, it makes it worthwhile. I think that's what I love. I love the most about your story is that you've been given these opportunities and you're actually doing something about it. You're not, you know, you're not just, you know, like some other, other individuals that receive these opportunities and just continue to go about life almost careless, not, not, not grasping the the new life they've been given. And I think that's why I admire the most about you is that you're doing that. You're, 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 you're telling your story. You're telling everyone what you went through, but also you're helping as you help yourself. So you have so much selfless in you that you have so much love to give. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I I uh, I appreciate that you you in the sense of having me on here. Yeah. Thank um, you. Because as you know, a lot of the times um being a woman of color myself, a lot of our minority communities struggle mm-hmm. the hardest, especially when mm-hmm. English is your second language. Yeah. Um, a lot of our minorities struggle the hardest to be able to maneuver the medical industry. Yeah. Um and so, yeah, I, I mean, between the two of us, I think it, it takes partnerships like us two deciding to do yes, exactly this yes, in this yes. moment in time to help more people than just even the ones that are in our own individual circles. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you having me on here um, to do mm-hmm. this. And, um, yeah, if, there's, if there is anything that I hope that I'm leaving people with, is I am a walking example that you are capable of more than you think you can do. Like you yes. can, while you're still breathing, there's still something you can do about your circumstances. May not be apparent right in that moment. You may not be able to see it literally in that second, but it'll reveal itself to you and it'll become apparent. It'll become apparent what there is to do, but there is yeah. you know, there's something you can do about it if you're still breathing. Yeah. I mean, it takes it takes stories like yours to that people to hear or view to to see moments, you know, like there's certain things like let's say example of my marriage that my wife would tell me 20 minutes times, right? Or something else and I wouldn't get. But it would take a moment like having a conversation with you or somebody else or seeing something valuable regarding content that it will spark and it, 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 it lights up, be able to see that, that chance, you know? So it, it's, it's, it's a constantly, constantly, constantly evolving and, and improving and inspiring. Awesome. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And there's many, there's many that inspired me. Yeah. You know, on my journey, I would watch a lot of Kobe videos and oh. I took on, right. I took on the mentality of an athlete of like, there was times that he was in pain, but he still had to show up. 
there was times that he was hurting, but his mental state was like, no, I've got a mission. I, and my mission at the time was living. And I was like, no, I got to show up. Yeah. And I worked the entire time too, by the way. Mm. So it was like, you know, I, there were people that counted on me, like their jobs counted on me doing a good job. And I never took that lightly in leading a team, right? Like if you're the leader and you can't have a bad day. You so carry the boat, carry the boat. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like they, they count on you. And so um, they were also the people that surrounded me and allowed me to be vulnerable and allowed me to be able to share on the days where I really didn't have it in me to be able to say, look, I've got, I can only take these two meetings mm-hmm. and I need a timeout. Like I've got to go to sleep because like, it's yeah. not working out today. You know, where they were just as supportive because I think in the whole experience, life or death becomes an equalizer, right? Mm-hmm. As as I've said, it's an equalizer around like it doesn't matter who you are. And all of a sudden, even the doctors were just people. I was a person, they were people, my team were people. We all just became like all human beings doing the best that we could against this backdrop called like she needs to live. <laughs> and then we all would take actions from there. No ego, no nothing, just true partnership of like, let's figure out this problem and let's move together, forward together. And that was really very much supported from all angles. You know, I love that, that you put your part. And I know for, for a lot, it's like, what does that mean? Or, or, Or what does that symbolize? That's putting your part means a lot. You know, like I had, I have a friend who who uh, recently turned uh, to God, right? And he mm-hmm. converted. And I had a conversation with him, and where I was like, you know, it's funny that when you, you know, when you ask God for something, He always delivers. Yeah. The thing is, is what the expectation of what He delivers, and people don't don't understand that conversation. And if they did, they would understand that you're not always going to get what you want. Everything's going to be presented to a certain extent, but you got to do the rest. And and hearing you talk and tell your story, that's what you did. You did the rest. He put he put the things in motion, but solely you were the one who had to go after it. You were the one who had to step up. You were the one who had to show up. You're the one who had to pick yourself up and go through these trials and errors to survive. Nobody else but you. And I think you're you're a great example of that. Thank you. It's true. It's true. It's um It's damn true. <laughs> yeah, you can't just sit and pray. Yeah. You can't just sit and pray. You you there is prayer. Prayer works. I'm an example of that. But behind that is I think you have to be doing your part. Like you have to do everything humanly possible. And mm. then God is going to come in and intervene in the divine, right? He's going to do everything that's not humanly possible mm. or what you didn't think was humanly possible mm-hmm. and bring those two together. That's what people find so hard in a crisis because you're in fight or flight in your body. Mm. Even if God is answering your prayers, you may not even see it because you're in a swirl yeah. 
right? Your mind is racing, your voice is going crazy, your ear in a swirl. And yet the blessings might be right in front of you and you might inadvertently push one away. Correct, yes. And not even realize it. So that's why it's the the counter. This is exactly what I teach people, the counterintuitive nature of when you're in a crisis to, to bring it in and be calm. Faith has a lot to do with that. Yeah. And I'll say, I don't relate to myself as religious. Like I don't go to church every Sunday. I don't do that. No, but I, I, I feel you on that. I'm the same way. Yeah. But I'm very connected. Yeah. I believe in ancient rituals. I believe in the rosary. Yeah. I'm raised you, Catholic. You know, I, be, I, I believe in God. I don't believe in religion. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I'm religious about the rituals that I practice yes. to remain connected, yes. to make sure that I've developed my own relationship. Yes. I'm a little bit lucky because I've seen it with my own two eyes. I kind of skipped over the belief, right? Yeah. You're the um, miracle. You're right. And the conversations that I had to have with God when I was going through it was like, listen, this is your moment. Like there's all these people watching. If you're real, show me now that you're real. Give us a Christmas miracle. Like show us that you exist. And I'm sitting here. And so, you know, I, again, I'm I'm luckier than most because I got to skip over some of that based on circumstance. Uh, but you're absolutely right. It's a partnership with God. Yes. It is not, I'm waiting for God to just rescue me. It is, I'm doing my part and God is delivering. And the two of us together is what is what you see sitting here yeah, in front yeah. of you, right? It's do you true. think, do, do you think the, the uh, how do I put it? The mental aspect of your, of everything you've done, right? It's because at some point, like it's a mentality, right? Do you think it's it's because it's like that immigrant mentality and where like people who just used to come from other countries here, they know they got to build. They know they, they got to make something of themselves rather than, you know, some, you know, I'm not going to say all, but individual actual from here, everything is, is psychological. Yeah. You know, do you, do you think, and I know, and I only ask because, I grew up here in the States, but I, I mean, I was born here in the States, but I was raised majority of my life in Puerto Rico. Although as a territory, it still has that immigrant feeling, at least for me, because that's, that's the way I was treated. Right. Even, even over there, I was treated uh, because my dad's Dominican. I was treated poorly at times because I was Dominican. So, and conclude my long ass question. Um, oh, it makes do, sense. Do you think that has to do that that contributed to your 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 focus and and, and uh, your mental to just overcome these obstacles? Yeah. So I love the question. First off, I love the question because my family were actually refugees to Australia. Mm. So I was first generation born in Australia, uh, raised with English as my second language. And my family had to escape their country of East Timor because yeah. of a war. So they were forced out of their country where, um, where they lived a pretty fruitful life and then had to come 
to Australia and start from scratch. And then I was born five years later as the first granddaughter, first daughter and first niece. So I was at first niece and um, with no other no other cousins or anything like that. I was the first of all of those. So I was I was born and taught that you had to work hard for everything you had. Mm, preach. I was taught that out the gate, and uh, I was raised. My my parents are awesome. I was raised very close to them, but I was the person that I would go to. My go to person was my grandfather. And so he would say to me, you're amazing just because you were born. He was very big on women, given that we um, are able to rate, to hold babies with yeah. very special beings, right? Yeah. And so he would say that, like, women are very special beings. So you are very special because you were born and you work for it. So you're deserving, you're valued simply because you were put on the planet. Plus, you have a body of work that follows you, that says, and here it is on paper as well, demonstrated. Mm. So that was his version of teaching me as to not take it for granted. Mm. So even though I'm valued and deserving because I was born, because I'm a human being, because I'm on the planet, that doesn't absolve me from being a contributing member to society. And I think as an immigrant, it doubles down on the fact that I need to contribute to be here because I'm not from here. Yeah. Right. I was, this isn't my birthright. And I came to the U S with that mentality already instilled in me from being first generation in Australia and then came to the U S and then had my own immigrant experience yeah. here. Yeah. So I do feel like, um, I do feel like a lot of that was instilled in me because I had I saw my family have to start from scratch, change professions. You know, my grandmother went from being a school teacher to a cleaning lady. I've been there. I've so been it was there. totally different for her. A school teacher was very prestigious in her yeah. country. And so, like, you know, she had to start from scratch. So I saw that happen. Um, because when I was born only five years later, that was still in the middle of building. And then for me to come to the US and have to do that myself, mine was by choice. I think it does instill a different kind of thinking based on your experience. Nothing good or bad or better mm. or worse than anyone else. I think it just instills those different values. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But um, the truth is you're, you're a total badass. You overcome so much. You're so strong and, and you keep going and keep going and keep going. And I think the more you go, the more you're able to smile more, you know, I have this saying and we're like, <clears throat> when you, when you're about to pass that last, you know, tear that, that rolls down your face, you want that glimpse of, of flash back and forth of your life to be like, damn, I lived a good life. And I think, here, you know, people will say, yeah, but you're going through these surgery and all these things, but like you're living, you're, yeah. you're living, you're, you're living and you're fighting to live, but you're also loving and, and helping and, and guiding people with, with, with your resume increases. You're like, you'll, you'll be, you'll be like in God's hall of fame. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. And I, you know, to your point, I'm sure you're the same. 
I've lost a lot of people that aren't here, including my donor. <clears throat> you know, I'm 29 yeah. years old. Like yeah. I lived because she's not here. That's the least I can do. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we spend uh, we spend a lot of time grieving and mourning people and not realizing that what they would have wanted was to live another day. So we have, I think we have an obligation to do that in our own right. way, in our own version, in our own style, right? But that if you are still breathing, it, it's, you're here. That's how I think of it. I There's agree. still stuff for you to do. There's still something that you can find enjoyment out of. You know, I feel like yeah. it's, for me, what drives me is uh, the people that I've lost that are no longer here to be able to do what they were going to do. You know, I feel I feel a connection to that deeply, having been that close to it. I'm like, no, if, if while we're here, you know, the, the right thing to do for me is to contribute this knowledge in a world where I know that it's hard for people. I had some help. I had some life hacks. I had some serendipities that introduced me to the right people at the right moments, you know? Mm. So if there's anything I can do that helps someone else do that a little bit easier, I'm always down to do that. I love that. I love that. Much respect and admiration. Um, before you. we go, I want to ask one last question before you go. Yeah. If, if you had to give a word of advice, somebody that's, going through a similar thing that you're going through and is stuck and just needs to get out of that motion to start, you know, directing herself to do the proper things to get her the proper system, right? What advice would you give that person? I would say pause. Mm. Pause and actually really for real pause and just take a breath and give yourself some room to hone in on what do you actually need what do you need in a doctor what do you need from your family like give you just give yourself some of that room to just get it collected first and that it's the most important thing because you know how they say there's no like knight in shining armor coming yeah right you are the person that's going to save your own life Mm. A lot of help around you, but you're the leader. Like it's for you to to figure out. And in those moments, sometimes we want to go forward quickly, uh, you know, like advance fast. And you got to counterintuitive is take a pause first, and then really listen and tune in. And if you are somebody that believes in God, see if you can find that, because everyone else is going to move around you. To what you're saying you need and want so it's really important to give yourself the space i meant to that i mean boom there you have it ladies and gentlemen um inspiring stuff inspiring stuff uh thank you for joining me once again it's been an honor speaking to you uh thank you for sharing your story thank you uh i know it, it, it sometimes just relieving those things can be tough but thank you you have so much love, courage, and, and and passion within you. Don't stop. Don't change. And, and keep keep pushing forward. Thank uh, you. Absolutely welcome. Uh, before we go, please tell the people where they can find you at. Yeah, they can find me on shanapereira.com and also at Shana Inked on Instagram. Cool.
Boom. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Deal Talk TV. And uh, I'm out, guys. Have a good night.